Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unleashing Possibilities podcast. This is Mark. In the last two podcast episodes, we dived into the power of self-monitoring and harnessing friction for behavior change. In this episode, we're going to explore strategies to help us shift from automatic reactions to intentional responses. We know that behavior change demands intention and planning, but our well-intentioned efforts can falter when our nervous system takes the reins. So let's spend a few moments talking about this idea and understanding the concept of reacting versus responding. So if we think about when we're reacting, it's an instinctive, often emotionally driven action that's taken without any thoughtful consideration. Where responding, on the other hand, is a deliberate, well-thought-out action that's informed by our awareness, empathy, and consideration. Now, as we think about us as adults, we have likely a lot of skills to help support us in shifting from reacting to responding. For our teens that we're working with, on the other hand, we know that the teenage brain is very much in development. Particularly the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain which governs decision-making and impulse control. So this part is still maturing during adolescence, which makes our teens more prone to spontaneous and emotional reactions. So this may mean our mentees might engage in risky behaviors, such as experimenting with drugs, engaging in dangerous stunts, or perhaps engaging in unsafe sexual activity. Now, the good news is we have the opportunity to help our mentees develop skills to shift from reacting to responding even while their brains are still developing. Now, before we even start to identify what our triggers are and try to work with them, we really have to first talk about this idea of emotional responsibility. Now, it's possible that you might have heard this term emotional responsibility used here at New Pathways, and it's a profound concept that empowers us to take ownership of our emotions and our reactions It's about recognizing that our feelings are our own, and they arise from a complex interplay of our past experiences, beliefs, values, as well as the current situation. In essence, emotional responsibility invites us to become active participants in our emotional journey, rather than passive recipients of external triggers. So if you find yourself saying something like, he or she is making me feel this way, where I blame them or the situation for how I'm responding or reacting, it's an indication that we haven't yet stepped into emotional responsibility. And it's only from a space of of emotional responsibility where we can start to work with our triggers. So let's talk through what might be some cues or indicators that let me know my nervous system is activated. Well, one of the most obvious ones is a heightened emotional response. So when we feel a sudden surge of intense emotions that catch us off guard, could feel like a wave, which overpowers our usual calm and composed state. So the range from feeling overwhelming joy to deep anger, often making it difficult to think clearly in the moment. We might also notice physical sensations, such as our hearts racing, tense muscles, or even a knot in our stomachs. 
So these bodily reactions can be our body's way of signaling that something has stirred our emotions and that we should pay attention to what it is we're feeling. One for me that's really strong is ruminating thoughts. It's almost like a reflex of continued thoughts that seem to have a mind of their own. So we might be replaying a particular event or situation in a loop. And these repetitive mental patterns can be distracting and oftentimes emotionally draining. We might notice a loss of rationality. Another indication could be that we engage in defensive behavior, maybe counter-arguing or deflective, deflecting blame. We might notice that it's really hard for us to listen or pay attention. There might be a strong desire for us to escape or try to get away. We might also feel so emotionally overwhelmed that we start to shut down as a way to protect ourselves. So as you hear some of these cues, I'm curious for you mentors, just reflect and sense what is your indication that lets you know that your nervous system might be activated. So once we have a sense of how or when we might be activated, in other words, the trigger has taken place, it's here that we can start to work with it. But again, the awareness is really key. So just recognizing the trigger, acknowledging the activation of the nervous system, and then taking ownership, again, that emotional responsibility is really the first step. So again, this awareness helps us to understand that something is stirring within you and can invite us then to pause and breathe. We talk about breathing oftentimes and pausing. And again, we think about the science Slowing ourselves down allows our brain, specifically the part, the prefrontal cortex that governs decision-making, to catch up. Our amygdala, that part of the brain, is activated. We're responding or reacting. The emotions are, are, are flowing. So if we can pause and breathe, it allows that logical part of our brain to kick in and to actually invite us to take a more conscious choice. A great way to help pause and slow down is by using some sort of technique to ground ourselves in addition to breathing. We talk oftentimes about feeling the ground beneath your feet. Another one is engaging our five senses. So it might be feeling something nearby, physically, the texture, perhaps there's something on the table, or we might feel the chair beneath us or the clothing on our skin. We might notice sounds that are nearby or perhaps taste something. So this helps to serve as an anchor, pulling us away from the emotional turbulence that's been triggered by the situation. It's also important that we label what it is that we're feeling. So can we bring awareness that this is the emotion that's present? So we might say to ourselves, I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling experiencing frustration. The simple act of naming our emotions helps create a degree of psychological distance allowing us to observe our feelings without being entirely consumed by them. This is a feeling I'm feeling. If we need to, a strategy that can be really effective is stepping away. So can we find a space where we can slow ourselves down, calm down, regain composure? One that I love is visualization. So this means mentally transporting ourselves to a calming and safe imaginary space. Could be a peaceful beach or a quiet forest. For me, it's thinking about hiking on a really nice, beautiful day. 
And so this mental sanctuary provides the mental space needed to think more clearly and respond thoughtfully. We always have our declaration statement to fall back on. So it means reminding ourselves of those three core qualities that we aspire to embody. So we can consciously recall, recall who it is we want to be in challenging moments. Perhaps we want to show up as empathetic, composed, understanding, or assertive, for instance. And an important strategy that we don't always employ is asking for help or support. And seeking support from others is a sign of emotional maturity, not weakness. This is where your program coordinator comes in handy for you, mentors. We are here for you. They are here for you in those times of need. So if you find yourself really activated in a situation with your mentee, please use us as guidance and support. So all of these strategies are more working with our triggers in the short term helping to make that really intentional shift from reacting to responding. And if we notice that we're getting activated in very similar ways, there's likely some long-term trigger management that needs to be had. So this is where the process of self-monitoring that we introduced to you a couple episodes ago really comes in handy. So can we dig into why certain situations, individuals, emotions, or thoughts activate our nervous system? So we're capturing that data after it happens, perhaps in a journal, perhaps on our phones, whatever it is, it's going to help us to reflect. And we want to observe and kind of consider what are the possible root causes? Is it past trauma? Is it my beliefs, my values? Or what else could it be? So the self-monitoring process helps us to unearth patterns and develop more healing responses to our triggers. Now, what are some ways that we can support our mentees with their triggers? Well, we can help them to ground them. So we can guide them in pausing or breathing, perhaps feeling the ground beneath them. Might invite them to take a short walk around the building. We also can support them by engaging in active listening, paying very close attention to the verbal and especially the nonverbal cues for a comprehensive understanding about what's occurring. We can also normalize triggers and let our youth know that triggers are universal and it's a normal part of the human experience and they shouldn't feel shame or guilt. We can also encourage self-awareness and assist them in tracing the origins of their emotions and thoughts. What are the root causes that are causing them to get activated? And we can help them to create a plan for the future and collaborate, brainstorm on strategies to help navigate triggers and help outline steps for additional support if needed. So as we get ready to wrap up this episode, our call to action for you mentors is to identify a situation or perhaps a relationship where you notice you get activated often. Choose one strategy, one that you don't normally engage in that could support you in shifting from that intentional space of reacting to responding the next time your nervous system is activated. And since it is reoccurring, inviting you to step into the process of self-monitoring to observe, gather data, and reflect. As you connect on your next mentor support call with your program coordinator, we invite you to share what it is that you're taking away from this podcast. What are you learning about your shift from reacting to responding? And what are ways that you want to support your mentee as they work with their own triggers? 
Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep unleashing possibilities.